morning, everyone. Good morning, good Erev Shabbos, good Erev Yamtiv. We're continuing, we left off, Shkalim, the fourth chapter, 12a, on the top of the page of the Mishnah. So one sanctifies his possessions. And part of his possessions, he had things that are ready to go, that are worthy and ready to be offered as the communal sacrifices. So these things should be used to pay the workers, to pay their salary, as we learned. You pay their salary, and then you go ahead and with the money of the lishka, lishka sagad, the money of the shkalim, the tax, the sacred money, you go and buy it from them. No, it's not appropriate. What you do is In other words, just like we do over there, that's what we do. We learned in the last mission, and that's what we do. What do you mean? You take money from the chamber of the of the all the shekels or the sacred coins. Okay, so you take money, the amount of money, the salary. And you deconsecrate it over. You transfer the holiness from the money to. On the, on the, no, you take the things. The things that the person sanctified from his property. And you desanctify it over the money that you have to pay, the salaries. Right to the end, yeah. And the workers. And then, and then, you give, now that these things are deconsecrated, now you can use it to pay the salaries. And then you take the money from the shkolim and you buy, you purchase it back and you sanctify it. So now the money is transferred, the money is no longer holy, so they can use it whatever they want, the salaries. Yeah. And then the, the items that they had yeah. now become sacred, were bought by the treasury and bought by the new shekels and therefore they become sacred. And then you can repurchase it from the neutral. Okay. Then he says, Someone sanctifies his, his possessions to the temple treasury. He's making a donation. He's very generous. When it was an animal, part of his possessions were animals that are not defective. And they're worthy of being offered in the sacrifice, as a sacrifice on the altar. The male should be sold, and with that money you should buy the burnt offerings. And the cavus, because uh, the burnt offerings must be male. And the cavus, the female animals, the should be sold, and with that money, you can purchase... Peace offerings, because peace offerings could be male, female. Mm-hmm. With the may and yiplu, rishar and the chasa, 
and the money that you acquire. No, in other words, you sell the animal. Someone needs a. Someone is looking in the marketplace. He needs a, a burnt offering. He needs the animal, so sell it to him. This is the animal. Use this animal itself for your burnt offering. What do you do? Or if it's a female, you sell it to someone who's in the marketplace because he committed to bring a peace offering in the temple. He's looking for an animal. Sell him that animal. So that animal itself is being used for the sacrifice. What do you do with the money that the guy paid for? And the money you give to the temple treasury. So the money, the value goes to the temple treasury, but the animal itself is being used for the altar. Right. Not just a financial value. The animal itself, since it's worthy of being offered in the temple and the altar, it itself should be used in the altar. But on the other hand, he donated the value to the temple treasury. So this is the best of both worlds. This is exactly what you're doing. That's the advice. That's what he's saying. Sell it to someone who's in the marketplace for an animal for the altar. So this animal itself is being used for the altar. He's paying money with it. Take that money and I'll give that money to the temple treasury. Kill uh, two birds with one stone. Exactly. That's Rabbi Leza's opinion. Rabbi Shua argues. Rabbi says, No, you don't have to go through this whole process. Take the animal and offer it as a burnt offering. But the female, you should sell for someone who's in the marketplace for a peace offering, so you can use that animal itself. And then, and the money that comes in, the money that he's using to purchase this animal, take that money and buy with it, burnt offering. And the other, other property, it's not worthy of being used itself in the, on the altar. That goes to the temple treasure. So be sure argues with Rabbi Lezbo. Because we assume that since he's donating everything he has, he's donating his property to the temple, what he has in mind is that anything that's worthy of being used in the temple itself, use it directly. That's exactly what he had in mind, not just for the temple treasury, use it for the altar, use it for sacrifices. Uh-huh. You know, the, to buy burnt offerings, the, the, the altar had to be busy all the time, so use that itself. So that's the dispute between Rabbi Yerushua. Rabbi Yerushua, yeah. What about using the animals for appropriation to increase the herd of uh, animals for the Bizbeah? The temple is not in the business of uh, breeding animals. They didn't have a pen over there? They're not in the business of business. They're not in the business of doing business. It was, not, it was just a time delivery, you know, yeah. when they brought a sacrifice, you did it in that Yeah, yeah, they're not in the business. Yeah. You know, oh, but Rabbi Akiva says, Rabbi Akiva says, Rabbi I see the pain Rabbi Lezer stronger than I see the pain Rabbi Shur. Because Rabbi Lezer, he shvist me daisen. Rabbi says across the board, he says whether it's a male, whether it's a female, this is what you do. There's one, there's one uh, prognosis. Is what you do. You sell it to someone who's in the marketplace for animal sacrifice, and take that money and give it to the temple treasury. But versus Rabbi Yeshua differentiates. Rabbi Yeshua chilek. Rabbi Yeshua is making a distinction. If it's a male, if it's a female, if it's a male, offer it directly. If it's a female, sell it with that money buy a, a male.
And according to Rabbelezer, all the money goes, it's equal. Whatever he gave, his whole possession ends up in the temple treasury. Because Rabbi Shur is differentiating. The animals are offered themselves, and, and the rest of the money goes to the temple treasury. Sometimes you need to repair the roof so you can use the money there. Well, yes. Yeah. Amr yeah. Papa, he says, I heard that they're both correct. That really I can say, Rabelezer is right, you're right, and you're right. How? Hamagdish befeirish, if he says clearly. That he spells out, he says, my possessions and my animals belong to the temple. Then it's like Rabelezer says, everything goes to the temple treasury. Because since he separated the two, and he didn't say that my my possessions go to the temple treasury, my animals go to the altar. He didn't say that. So it meant that they're both going in the same place. He spelled out. He separated the two. He spelled. They're all going somewhere. They're going to the temple treasury. That's what Abulazar says. You have to sell it, and with that money, you take that money and give it to the temple treasury. So it's all going to the same place. But a magdish tam, if someone just says. Well, All my possessions are holy. That's it. He doesn't specify. He doesn't specify. So then Rabbi Yeshua is correct. Then Kedivir Rabbi Yeshua. It makes sense. What did he have in mind? The animals which are worthy of going to the altar. He's giving. He's making it holy. Sanctified as a sacrifice. Everything else is money. It goes to the temple treasure. Okay. Mishnah continues. Um, so one sanctifies his possession. Not animals. With things that were worthy to be offered on the altar. For example, wines, yenas, shmanim oil, wafers and birds, a dog or a turtle dog. says, Again, sell it. Sell it to someone who needs one. Someone who needs one. Someone who has to bring wine or oil or birds. And the money, and the money, and with the money, buy burnt offerings. Interesting. Here, even Abelazar agrees. That the money doesn't go to the temple treasury, but the money goes to buy because Abulazar agrees with Abi Yeshua in this case that his intention was to sanctify it to the altar. And total, a total donation. He's giving everything away, a total donation, meaning which type of sacrifice? The burnt offering is a total sacrifice. Okay. That's the mission. Like the Gemara. We learned in the Mishnah. And so one sanctifies his possession. And he had things, part of his donation, there were items that were worthy of being offered on the sack on the altar. So Gimara says, what are we talking about? Rabbi Yechanan Omar, Rabbi Yechanan said, Titus. Yechon says the Mishnah means potatoes. 
In other words, now it's secular, now it's non-sacred. But it's worthy of being used for the communities. He, has, he had the ingredients of the titus, of the incense. And Rabbi Yechelen holds, we learned yesterday, remember, oh, we learned yesterday. You don't, holds, a you don't need a cliche you, do you don't. Yeah, but Rabbi Yechelen holds, you don't need. Therefore, it's possible that it could be worthy, could be used for the yeah, incense, right. even though it was processed right. by a regular, non-sacred vessel, uh-huh. uh, mortar. It was grind by non doesn't matter. That's how Rabbi Yechelen interprets. Amar Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua says, it's no proof. No proof in the words of Rabbi Echanan. It means Ketayrish. And Tipater, I can really say that what Rabbi Echanan meant to say is, that someone who sanctified his possessions and had the ingredients and the incense was really, he was from the house of Aftinas, who that's what his job, that's what the family did. They were the ones in charge of processing the incense. And that's how they were paid, remember? They were paid with the leftovers, with the ingredients. And then they would buy it back from them. So that's why he's giving a donation, he's giving a donation, something that was made with a clay shutters, was made properly, was made using a, a temple vessel, a temple mortar. So you can't prove here Rabbi Yechonin's opinion. For now, Mishnah, you can't prove Rabbi Yechonin's opinion. Okay, then the Gemara says, we learn, Benazai says, Benazai argues, and Rabbi Kivan, he says, that you don't pay the workers for, with a sacred, only with secular, with non-sacred. What's the reason of Benazi? Why is he arguing with Rabbi Kiva? So you might answer is because Benazi holds You can't deconsecrate, you can't substitute to deconsecrate something holy for work. You did work, it's worth $100, your salary. So I'm giving you this, and this becomes your salary, and now what you, the work you've done becomes holy, and now this becomes secular, and unholy, and now you, I can pay with it. You can't do that. Work is not substance. You have, to, you have to deconsecrate it, you have to substitute it. You have to take the holiness from this object and put it on a different object for the holiness to leave this object, and for this to become deconsecrated. So you, work is, is what's work. You have to, you have to do it on something concrete. No, you can't just substitute it for the for the salary. You know, now the work that you've done becomes sacred, and now the animals becomes your work, uh, becomes your salary. You can't do that because the animal now becomes deed consecrated, and now they become. You can't do that. When Azi says you have to substitute it for something real, so that's what he says. That you take. The amount of the salary. And you deconsecrated and then you take the the incense, for example, the spices of the incense, and 
So Ben Azay does is Ben Azay does is like this. You take the amount of money from the, the salary, right? From the holy temple. Yeah. And then the things, the items that a person donated that were holy, sacred, you deconsecrate it on those items you take and you, you, you deconsecrate it on the salary, the amount of the salary. And you give these, you pay them for the salary. You pay the salary with the items that the person deco- the person consecrated. So you give them, you give them those items, you give it to the person, and then the temple treasury buys it back from them, buys it from them with the sacred money. So now the sacred money is substituted with these items. These animals are now being used, these items are now being used for the temple, they're holy, they're bought with a new shekel, and the money is now deconsecrated, and the workers can use it for whatever they want. The question is, okay, so the argument in Rabbi Kiva Menazai, the problem was if someone donated consecrated items, the, the temple treasury is holy so he wants it to be used for the temple so what can you do with it you're stuck because because you can't use it for communal offerings communal offerings have to be purchased with a new tax a new year so you can't just purchase it you can't just use it this was not bought with the tax this is a guy made a donation can't use it for that. Now, um, you can't use the tax money just for the, to deconsecrate it, to buy it, because they're both holy already. A person already gave it to the temple. You can't. We learned yesterday. You can't deconsecrate holy and holy, even though it's not the same level of holy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't substitute it. So, so what can you do? You can't just sell it for the community because it has to be used for the temple. So what do you do? So Akiva says, very simple. You pay the salaries with it. By paying the salaries with it, you're constantly deconsecrating the sacred object for the salaries. So now this animal that was dedicated to the temple becomes deconsecrated, no longer holy, because you substituted it for the salary. And you could substitute. Akiva says you could substitute the salary even though it's intangible. Any work that you work for the temple, that, that's the same as something tangible. So I can say that this holy animal is now deconsecrated over the salary. Salary becomes holy and this is not holy. And then give them to the, give them to the people, to the workers, the animal, or the incense, whatever it is, and then purchase it with a new shekel, with a new tax. Yeah, recycle it then. Yeah, recycle. And then the money now becomes deconsecrated and let them yeah. use the money whatever they want. That's a rekiva. And now he says, no, you can't substitute for, for work, for salary. It's intangible. That's what he says. What you do is you take money, like we learned yesterday, take money from a bank. Right. Secular money. You take secular money. Right. And you give it to the salary. 
Then you exchange the, the incense or the animal, animal, whatever it is, you exchange it with the money. So now you're deconsecrating something on money, something real, tangible. So now the money becomes sacred, right. and the animal, the incense becomes deconsecrated, no longer sacred. Mm-hmm. Now you can go and purchase. You can purchase this animal, this incense, with the money from the shekel. The community is buying it to use it for the temple. And then the money now is secular, not sacred. You can, they can, the workers can use it for whatever they want. Okay. Well, that's like when you go to the Shlos Lagalim and you live in the far end of uh, Yerushalayim. I mean, you live way, way down south of the field. Huh? Tamat over there, we learn, yes, but Kachi Bedekabayis. We learn. We learn the mission and argument in Abu Lazar of Yeshua. Yeah. Someone who donated his possessions and animals if there's an argument whether he had a mind that all of them should go to the temple treasury like Abelazar or he had a mind the donor had a mind that all his possessions should go to the temple treasury but the animal should be used for the altar as a burnt offering I can be sure so the says we learned the mission and Shakti Tamura yes there's something unique about the sanctity of the temple treasury that you don't find in the sanctity of the altar. Shastamekdesha is when the person just they sanctified. He didn't spell and specify. Whenever you don't specify, what do you have in mind? You mean the temple treasury. That's number one. Number two, you can dedicate anything to the temple treasury. Wood, stones, but if you want to dedicate to the altar, you have to a you have to specify, b it has to be something that's worthy of being brought on the altar. Three another distinction. If you plant a tree of hagdish, so even the growth of the tree also is hagdish is also holy and sacred. It's a fruit, a gift that keeps on giving. But uh, but uh, number four. There's no benefit to the kainim, but the the sanctity of the altar, there is benefit from the kainim. They get to eat from it. Mm-hmm. That says that whenever you say hagdish without any reason, without any specification, it means the temple treasury. And he didn't differentiate whether you're donating uh, possessions or animals. Rabbi Lazar, he just follows the opinion of Rabbi Lazar, not Rabbi Yeshua. We learn now Mishnah. Male should be sold for someone who's in the marketplace who needs an animal for burnt offering. And the cavus and the female the animal should be sold. Someone who's in the marketplace looking for a female peace offering. With the mayor and the purchase money. Money that you get, should all go to the temple. Because since he didn't specify, since he didn't specify, we say that all of it goes. The value of the animals also go to the temple treasury. What's the reason, Rabbi Lezer? Because it says in the pasuk, someone who sanctifies his house as sacred to Hashem. What kind of hectic are we talking about here? We talk about a house. A house is not worthy to offer in the altar. That's what he says. 
So you can't say that. It says already another pasuk. It says we magdir is basic. That someone sanctifies the house and then he has a right to redeem it. So we already know that a person, the Torah already spoke about a person who's sanctifying his house, the temple treasure. So what's the pasuk coming to teach here? You must say the pasuk is talking about when he sanctifies everything including things that are worthy of being in the altar. And nevertheless, the Torah is telling us it belongs to the temple treasury. Like Rabbi Lazar says, that's his proof. That whenever you just say holy, sacred, you mean the temple treasury. And that's everything goes to the temple Even the animals that are worthy of the altar. What are they arguing, Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yeshua? They're arguing the Magdish. Only someone who sanctifies all of his possessions. Things that are, could be worth, used for the altar and things that cannot be used in the altar. If all he's sanctifying is his flock, obviously he means the altar. He's not, he's not donating all of his flock, sheep, goats, bulls, to the temple treasury. He's all donating to the temple to be used as sacrifice. But the Dabba. Disagrees. He says, On the contrary, if someone donates his, his flax, then Rabbi Shur says, Hey, come on. I mean, he's donating his flax, he's not donating anything else. Isn't it obvious that what he has in mind, even though he didn't specify what he has in mind, is that to be his sacrifices in the altar? And nevertheless, no, Rabbi Lezer disagrees. Someone donates all of his property. Just the opposite. Even Rabbi Yeshua agrees that he had a mind all on the same page. He had a mind. He's giving it to the temple treasury. Everything goes to the temple treasury. According to the opinion of Zayda, it makes sense. But the Kasha Rabba Baba, the Rabba is very difficult to understand. Behema, an animal is not worthy of being on the altar. In other words, why would Rabbi Lezer argue? Why would Rabbi Lezer say, even if a person donates just this flock, nothing else? Rabbi Lezer says, no. It doesn't, you can't offer it on the altar. You must, you must uh, give it to the temple treasure. Why? It's not worthy of being on the altar. They have a moon. So the Gemara answers, You're right, of course an animal is worthy of being on the altar. But the question is, Why was he quiet? Why didn't he specify? He just says this is for the temple. Why didn't he specify this is for sacrifices? So Shukaima is saying it's as if he's specifying that this my donation is should only be used exclusively to the temple treasury. To buy whatever the temple needs. I'm not limiting it. It's like someone gives a donation. Sometimes they specify a donation to the organization. I want you to use this for this program. I want you to use this for, for, for preschool. Nothing else. Repair the roof, whatever. Whatever it is. Yeah. Most people say, use it whatever you want. Whatever you need. Whatever you need money. I don't know where you need money. Whatever you need money, use it. So that's what he's saying. Let's say, if he would have meant, I'm specifying. I'm giving this for a specific purpose. Just for the altar. He should have specified. 
He's not specifying. He's saying, use it whenever you like, whenever you need money. I don't know if you need money today. Mm-hmm. Use it whenever you like. That's why Rabbi Lezer holds, according to, according to uh, Rabbi... According to Rabbi Ba, that uh, even Rabbi Lezer holds, even in that case, you give it to the uh, temple treasury and not for the sacrifice. Rabbi Yechen and Amr, Rabbi Yechen argues on both of them. Argues on Rabbi Zayn and argues on Rabbi Ba. There's no difference. In both cases, they argue. They end up on the altar anyhow. In both cases, they argue. Rabbi Yechen said arguing in both cases. Whether he donates all of his donations, things that could be, together with things that can't be, or exclusively animals, doesn't matter. Either way, they're arguing in both cases. Listen, in both cases, they end up on the altar because if... The question is, Rabbi Yechen says he used them itself for the sacrifice. You use them itself for the sacrifice. You don't have to sell it. You don't have to go away. That's what he had in mind. And Rabbi Shua says, Rabbi yeah, Lezer says, no. Rabbi yeah. says, you have to sell it. Yeah. But in general, they all end up on the altar. Yeah, no, it has to be used for the altar, but not that wasn't his purpose. Yeah. And the money that you get has to, goes to the temple treasury, according to Rabbi Lezer. According to Rabbi Shua, no. The donation is for the altar. So the animal ends up on the altar because you sell it to someone. It doesn't matter. The question is, but his value, but his donation doesn't end up on the altar. According to Rabbi Yeshua, his donation ends up in the altar. That is his entire donation. Right. According to Rabbi Lezer, the animal ends up in the altar, right, but the right. donation doesn't end up in the altar. The right. end, donation goes to the fund. To funds the, the, the fixing roof this. Yeah, whatever the, it is. But somebody bought the altar, the animal, yeah, and ends fine. up on the misbehavior. That's not the argument. Yeah, right. according to everyone, that has to be right, used. Right, but yeah, the yeah. question is the donation itself. Right, right, the right, donation right. end up in the altar, the donation end up in the pockets of the temple treasury. Right. Okay. Two different departments. But it says, Rabab was in the name of Rabab, 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 so you can't take it away not having it used on the altar. But what do you do? Is you have to sell it, like we said, and, right. and the person buying it uses it as, an, well, as a sacrifice, right? as, a, as a sacrifice, and the money, the value goes to the temple treasure. Right. Okay. But then, someone redeemed it right. not properly. wasn't, wait, wait, I mean, uh, they were redeemed by being sold, they were still good, animals. They were still good animals. Yeah, they were still good. So now when you buy it, you have to do In other words, really what you have to do is, you have, like we learned in the Mishnah, you sell it to someone who's in the market for an animal, he's going to use this animal itself in the altar. But he didn't follow the law. And now the animal goes out to Chulin. It's non-sacred. He already exchanged it. Right. He says, he says, It works. That's Rabbi Yechonah's teaching. That even though it was improperly done, you're not supposed to redeem it. You have to make sure the animal itself is used, like you said, is used in on the altar. The right. animal itself is used, even though the money, the value, ends up in the right, temple right, treasury. Right, right, right. But the animal itself must be used. He didn't follow the law. 
he went ahead and redeemed it. Had someone, someone he redeemed it. He and sold he, it in the marketplace. He was going to put it in his field. He sold it in the marketplace. Yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Whatever, yeah. Not for an animal. Not someone. Is, not for a sacrifice. Right, right. And so, Rabbi said, the job is done. The deed is done. The crime is done. It's mm-hmm. done. The animal is done sacred, yeah, and the money falls to the treasure. So Gemara says, Gemara brings a proof. Masnisa Amrakein. The Mishnah agrees with this because it says in Bchayis. Says in the Mishnah that it says that all the sacrifices that have a defect, that were defective before you sanctified the animal, so even though they're holy, but if you redeem it, redeem them, blood and the chelbim and their children and their and their fat, you're allowed to benefit from. If first you sacrifice, if first you made it sacred, and then it became defective, then even though it's a defective animal, it can no longer offer it as a sacrifice. The offspring and the chaylev is prohibited. It remains sacred. It remains holy. But here, before it had the defect, before you even sanctified it. So when you sanctified it, it was never really fully sacred. Right. It was like a donation to the temple treasury, but it had no association with the altar because it was not qualified to be offered on the altar. So we see from there that the sanctity of the, of the altar is stricter than the sanctity of the temple treasury. When you give an animal with a moon to the, to the treasury, it's not considered consecrated? It already has a moon when you give it, right? Oh, so it only belongs to the treasury. It's value, but not. it's not as a sacrifice. But it's not, it's not it doesn't have the holiness of a sacrifice. Right, 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 right. No, so then if you redeem it, then it's totally redeemed. It's totally secular. It's totally non-sacred. You can, like any other animal, you can use the children, you yeah. can, you can the, the fat, everything is permitted. So he's saying, so if, so what do we see? That the holiness The holiness of of of, uh, of defective animals that you sanctify to the altar is stricter than than the sanctity of the temple treasury. So, if the sanctity of the altar. After you redeem it, you're allowed to benefit from it. How much more so? Even an unblemished animal, you can. That the, the sanctity. sanctity of the treasury is allowed right. after you redeem it. Once it's redeemed. Was here was an animal that you did sanctify to the altar. You specified, I'm giving it to the altar. But you said since the first it was defective, and then you sanctified it. So therefore, after you you after you redeem it, it's totally permitted. Comes totally deconsecrated, totally is mundane, second. And that's an animal that you gave to the altar. How much more so an animal that you donated to the temple treasury, even though it had no defect, but it's a temple treasury. Surely, once you redeem it, it becomes completely deconsecrated, completely mundane and secular, and you can use it for whatever you want. That's the proof the Gemara brings from the Mishnah to Rabbi Echanan. The Gemara pushes off this proof. We continue on side B. 12b. 12B. No, it's not a proof. You can say, How could you compare? There, yes, he donated, he sanctified it for the altar. But he sanctified it while it was already defective. 
But here, and also they were redeemed. They were redeemed. They were redeemed after, they were redeemed once they had already a defect. Here you're talking about he was redeemed when it was whole and complete. How can you compare, even though this is only for the temple treasury, but still when you're redeeming it, it's intact. It could be used as a sacrifice. So how do you know that the redemption is effective, that it works? And the animals completely deconsecrated, the mundane, the secular. You can use it for whatever you want. So you can't prove it from there. The Gemara adds, Rabbi Yisuf Chizda says that what Chizda said that if you redeem it after it was a defect, it goes out to become secular, totally deconsecrated. You must say that from the mission. Because it says over there, all sacrifices that are defective, that first they were sacred and then they became defective, then if you redeem it, then even after you redeem it, they remain prohibited and holy and sacred. So what he's saying is some, if you redeem an animal that's not blemished, there's still some inherent sanctity, right? Right. No, it has to be used for the altar, right? Yeah, exactly. It's not completely, you know... Uh, right. Yeah. So you see, in the Bethlehem, in the temple treasury, it's not so. What if a temple treasury, someone donated an animal temple treasury, okay? And then it became defective. And then you redeem it. Then clearly it's allowed. Yeah. Clearly it's allowed. Once it's defective, it's no good anyhow, right? So the temple treasury, yeah, then it's once it gets a womb, clearly it's allowed. But if you dedicate it to the altar, and it was non-defective when you dedicated it, and then, then you had a defect, and then you redeem it, it still remains sacred and holy. So then you can't use the milk and the etc., etc. So we see, we see that if it's whole, if it's whole, when you sanctify the animal, the animal was whole, complete, perfect, not defective, then when you redeem it, it doesn't become totally secular and mundane too late, you can. So too, also, when you dedicate it to the temple treasury and you're redeeming it and it's whole, you can't, it doesn't become chulin, doesn't become non-consecrated, it doesn't so, become totally secular. So a blemished animal you redeem, you can use it any old way you want, right? A ble- if when you sanctified it, it was blemished. Right. And then you redeem it and you right. sanctified it to the, to the altar and you redeem it, then yes, then it goes out to completely full. But that's only if it's if it's defective. But not if it's whole. saying the way to compare it to the Mishnah you can only compare in the case when it became defective. In the case when it became defective if the temple 
the if you donated an animal to the temple treasury, so you could compare it to an animal, and it becomes defective, then you say it goes becomes completely deconsecrated. Then you can compare it to an animal that was dedicated to the altar. A case where you when you consecrated the animal to the altar it was already defective. Right. In that case, you say even though you dedicated it to the altar, you made the animal to a sacrifice. But since when you made it to a sacrifice, it was already defective. So therefore, it's not a full. It can't become full, fully consecrated. Therefore, the moment you redeem it, it becomes completely okay. Yes. Yeah, sure. So that the case you can compare an animal that you dedicated it initially to the temple treasure, and it's hundred percent perfect. But then it becomes defective. Yeah. Then when you do redeem it, it becomes completely okay. Yeah. But you can compare an animal that was dedicated to the temple treasury and you're redeeming it while it's still whole and perfect. Right. That, 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 also, you, that you can't say is completely okay. No, still, compare. Got still got sanctity. Right. Rabbi Yechon is wrong. There's no proof. Okay, your mother says, just like Abi Yechner said, that if you went ahead and redeemed it while they're perfect and whole and intact, nevertheless, they, they completely become deconsecrated, mundane, secular, use or whatever you want. And it makes sense. Well, what's the logic? It's logically compelling. Because in Tamer, if you're going to say that it doesn't become deconsecrated, if that's the case, we learned in our Mishnah that you should sell the male animals for someone who's in the marketplace to buy a burnt off. And then you take the money, the purchase money, the, the price, and you, the money that you got, and you give it to the temple treasure. But the question is, if you cannot redeem these perfect whole animals, you cannot redeem it from the temple treasury. So then how could one holiness fall on another holiness? Well, if it's it's so, already sacred. If you, you can't redeem, suddenly consecrate it as a sacrifice. Right. In other words, if you, if you redeem an unblemished animal and you want to donate it back, it's still got holiness. Oh, so donate oh, so if you're going to say you can right. totally redeem it and it becomes completely sacred and non-sacred yeah, and mundane, okay, so then perfect. So the guy is completely redeeming it. It no longer has any holiness. Then he takes that animal and he consecrates it as a sacrifice. But if you're saying that if it's perfect and whole, you cannot redeem it. It remains sacred. So how could one sanctity fall on top of another sanctity? It's already sacred. From Truma 32. To make a sacrifice, you have to take a secular animal, a mundane animal, and make it sacred. You can't take a holy animal and offer it as a sacrifice. So your mother pushes off this proof. It's not, not so logical, not so compelling. Why not? Shabali Mumin. That that we learn. That Bali Mumin. That the, the donation for the temple treasure. When do we say that they had the sanctity of the altar laid the Mila? Regarding to what did we learn this legiza will avoid them. That the, the the animals that belong to the temple treasury, you're allowed to shear their hair. You're allowed to work them. When the Torah says you're not allowed to work an animal that was dedicated to the altar, 
<coughs> there you have a prohibition. You're not allowed to benefit from its wool. You're not allowed to shear its ear. You're not allowed to work the animal. But if it's just an animal is dedicated to the temple treasury, the temple treasury could enjoy, yeah, you can shear the ear, you can enjoy the ear, mm-hmm. the animal could work for you. So therefore I can tell you that really Rabbi Echnin is right. That if you redeem the animal that was dedicated to the temple treasury, even though it's perfect, it's intact, no defect, they don't go out to Chulun. Rabbi Echnin is wrong. No, Rabbi Echnin is wrong. Rabbi Echnin is wrong. It does not, you cannot redeem it. It does not become non-sacred and mundane and sacred. No. If that's the case, you ask, how is that possible that you can use that animal as a sacrifice? You can sell it, and the person who buys it can use it as a sacrifice. I can say that the reason why the holiness of the sanctity of the altar, not because it removes the sanctity of the temple treasury, because it adds, it adds, because by making it now sacred for the altar, I'm adding a sanctity. It's not the same level of sanctity. I can't take one sacrifice that's already dedicated, animals dedicated for sacrifice, and put another sacrifice on it. It's already taken. It's holy already. You can't add holiness on top of holiness. Here, I could add holiness to holiness, because the holiness of the altar is holier than the holiness of the temple treasury. How do we see it? How is it expressed? That the holiness of the altar, once an animal is holy and consecrated for the altar, I can't work it, I can't use its wool, versus an animal that's only holy for the temple treasury, I can work it, I can shear it here. Mm-hmm. So therefore, now the whole, therefore, since I'm adding to the holiness, now the entire animal could be used as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the end of that discussion. <laughs> we learned the price, uh, a person separate than an animal, a female for a burnt offering. Now, you can't offer a female for a burnt offering. A burnt offering must be a male animal. Right. And for his Pesach, a Pesach also has to be a male. Right. Right. Well, his guilt offering, it also has to be a male. But he, right. he, he designated his female animal as a the Paschal lamb or as a, <coughs> or a guilt offering or the oil. Right. So he says, nevertheless, they become sacred. In what sense do they become sacred? that you could only redeem it once they become defective. You can't say it's nonsense. It's ridiculous. No. It becomes sacred. It has sanctity. You have to treat it like a sacrifice. And the only thing you could do is wait until it gets a defect and then you redeem it. And therefore, if you substitute an animal to another animal, it's, it's a sacred animal. It has all the laws of, an, of a sacred animal. Um which if you substitute one for the other, the other one also becomes an anim- uh, a sacred animal. If you dedicate a female animal for your burnt offering, yes, it does make it tamura. But if you take a female, for the paschal lamb, or for a guilt offering, and I think Mother will explain why. What's the reasoning of Rabbi Shimon? Why does he distinguish between a burnt offering and a Pesach and a guilt offering, even though it's all the same, seemingly the same reason. 
argues in all three cases that it doesn't have the law of a sacrifice at all. The Gemara explains the reason. You know what the reason for Rabshimin is? Because we find there is a scenario where a female could be offered as a burnt offering. How? A bird. Because a bird, it doesn't matter, male or female. The Tater says, since you already have the scenario, it's a possibility that you could call a female a sake, a burnt offering, even though in animals we don't find it. But nevertheless, it's enough that the animal could also be considered a sacrifice. Enough for it to make a tamura. If someone says, I substitute this for this, the other animal now also becomes a sacrifice. Papa Rabbi Yechon said, What's the reason of Shimon who doesn't differentiate, who says Rabbi Shimon argues in all three cases? That you cannot make a tamura, because if a person, when he sanctifies a sacrifice, an animal, for the for the for the guilt, right, it has to be a year old, and instead he sanctified a two-year-old. It doesn't have any holiness, or let's say a guilt offering that has to be two-year-old, let's say a sham gazelas if he stole, a guilt offering of a Nazarite, a guilt offering of a leper has to be one-year-old. If you do a two, if you dedicate, sanctify a two-year-old, it doesn't count. It's like he did nothing. Vice versa. If you took a sham gazelas, which a Torah specimen has to be a two-year-old, instead you took an animal that's one years old and you sanctified it. It's nothing. It's nonsense. There's no holiness. Even though it's the same kind they're both male. It's just a year or two, a two or one. So, Kolshkin, how much more so? A male and a female. It's nonsense. Right? There's no, there's no holiness at all. Where do we find? That there's no holiness in it. Like we learned in the Brides. Asha, ben shana, vehevi ben shtayim, like we just said, a guilt offering of a Nazarite or a leper, it has to be a year old, and instead you designate a, a, an animal as two years old, they also you didn't fulfill the obligation. And a, and a guilt offering for, for stealing, ben shtayim, Taylor says it has to be two year old. Even Charles, you brought a three year old, you don't find such a guilt offering. Meaning, that you didn't fulfill your obligation, but it's still sacred. But Rabbi Shimon argues, he says, they never become holy in the first place. So that's the opinion. That according to him, in the name of Rabbi Shimon, none of these three, not the burnt offering, not the guilt offering, not the Pesach, it's not, never even sacred. You can send it out to pastors, nothing. That says that there's no holiness in this animal. But Rabbi Shua that says in our Mishnah that someone who dedicates female animals, what he had in mind is that they should be offered as burnt offerings. That's why you have to sell it for someone who's in the marketplace for peace offerings. So the animal itself will be offered as a peace offering. And then take the money, the money, and buy with it a burnt offering. 
They both name Amud Avrecha. They both say this. They're both on the same page. They're both in the same opinion. Like this, and when you say a female to as a as a burnt offering, what do you mean? What you mean is I'm donating it to the temple treasury. It's a donation to the temple treasury. But you have to sell it for the purpose of, use it for the purpose of a burnt offering. So Rabbi Shimon says that it's not sacred. It doesn't mean it's not sacred at all. It means it's not a sacrifice. So you can't do a tmura, but surely it's sacred. It belongs to the temple treasury. If you're going to say that, sure it means. If you're going to say that it becomes itself, that it itself has a holiness. For Eulah, if that's the case, he would say Yiru, they have to send it out until it becomes a defective, and then you can redeem it. He doesn't say that. He says, no, you can send it out, do whatever you want immediately. It means you have to sell it, and with that money, use it to bring in Eulah. Your mother brings a bride. I don't agree with Rabbi when it comes to Pesach. That if you dedicate a female as a Paschal Pesach sacrifice, Rabbi Shimon says there's no holiness at all. I don't agree with it. But the holiness of Pesach does, does fall on, the, on this female animal. Why? Because the leftover of Pesach, what do you do with the leftover of Pesach? Pesach passed as a peace offering. Right. Peace offering could be brought be, from a female. Could be right, from right, female. Right, right, right. That's according to your Rebbe, yeah. Your mother asked, if that's the reason for Rebbe who disagrees with Shimon, the lema ain't the basha. He should also disagree with the case of the guilt offering. Why? Because Because the leftover of a guilt offering you use for the burnt offering. If it, if, it, if it got lost and the owner and brought, brought another, another one, one. It and then they find it, yeah. okay, and, that, and by Euler, Rabbi Shimon holds, Rabbi Shimon said by Euler, it is sacred, because since we find by a bird right. <laughs> the he, concept he, of he an Euler, right. <coughs> so you should say the same thing of Asher, because the Asher, because the Asher will come an Euler. Think about the answers of Rabbi if you sanctify the Pesach, in other words, the Gufei cut of Shlom, because the sacrifice itself is offered as a Shlom, the very animal itself, but this is like, like the Shafil said, this is a stretch. But here we learn him, Higdish, Ashram, Ba'ila, it doesn't mean that the guilt offering itself you offer as a, as a, as a, as a burnt offering, because it's a female. No, also the ashramna, even the ashram that was lost and found, you don't you don't offer that animal itself as a burnt offering. It means you have to let it go to pasture, get it become a defect, and then redeem it, and then with the money buy an oiler. So it's a very big stretch. I'm not using the animal itself, but in the case of Pesach, I'm using the animal itself as a shlomim. Therefore, if I'm going to use the animal itself as a shlomim, a female is also fine. Your mother says, "Ma'ukidoy." What are they arguing? The Tanakam and Rav Shimon. 
What's the reason of a Tanakamba? Rabbi Shimon has a compelling argument. How can you say it's sacred when it's a female? It's not qualified. Why is it different from a year or two years later? But it says the argument is Tanakamas holds that you know it's no good, but you could still donate. That at least it has a financial sacred. It's sacred. Right. The value is sacred. It has an inherent value. So since it has value for the temple treasury, right. so therefore also the body also becomes right. sacred in a certain right. extent. That's why you can do a tumurah. And Shimon says no. Since the body did not become holy. It doesn't become a tumor. You don't say that since there's a sacred sanctity of the value of the money, therefore it also becomes sacred for the body. Okay, we come to the last piece. We learned in the Mishnah, Rabbi Shua says that the male, the males itself should be offered as a burnt offering, which argues Rabbi Lazar, and the female should be sold, sold as the marketplace for a peace offering. And with the money, you should buy burnt offerings. That's what he meant. You should donate it, it for the temple, for the altar. What's the reasoning of Rabbi Shua? Rabbi Zayda says, the name of Rabbi Shimon the time of Rabbi Shua, the reason of Rabbi Shua. Because it says in the Pasuk, Daber al Adam al Bagam al Bnei Kol Bnei Yisrael, Amar Taleim Ishish Bnei Yisrael. Asher Yakrivo Lashem La'oyla, speak to the Jewish people, that if you're going to bring a burnt offering, <coughs> And it says, the call the day. It says there in the Pasuk, all their donations, all their promises, the oaths, the call the all the donations. So what does it come to add? That anything that a person donates, it gets yes, to use it for an oil. Even if it's for the temple treasury, but if it's an animal, the burnt offering. If it's something, unless it's something that's not worthy of being offered right. as a. And when the Pasuk says, You might ask, Minayin Afil in the Kavis, that even females that are not worthy, nevertheless, you should sell them and buy with it, purchase with it. It says, Babakar, Lenabis and the Kavis. That includes the females when you say the calf, even even the Kavis. Rabbi Yitzhak B, Rabbi Yitzhak, the son of Rabbi Lazar, Shal asks, it says Zachar, at the micro, but it says clearly in the Pasuk, male. You're telling me about Bakr, Lerabis, and the Kavis? Right. The Torah says clearly male, and you're saying but Bakr comes to add female. So why say male? So he says, the Kavosik Siv Tamim. It says whole, complete, intact, non defective animal. Let's include the moment. You're going to say also a defective animal? That if you sanctified an animal, when you sanctified it, it was already defective, you're telling me you're going to have to sell it and you must purchase it with an And we said, no, remember we learned, if when you sanctified it, it was defective, then you can sell it and it's totally free, deconsecrated. What is the difference between the two? So, like the thickness of a wood. That's the difference between the two. He didn't explain. In other words, females are worthy of being. In other words, there's a huge difference. What are you comparing it to? Females are essentially, in principle, worthy of bringing the sacraments. But blemished animals can never be. Blemished can never bring the sacraments. Very good. The last piece we learned in the Mishnah. 
Someone who sanctified his possessions, there were things there worthy of the altar, wine, oil, birds, Abelazar, Bachelot, Question is, here Abelazar agrees with Abi Yishua. Speak to Arabs, Jewish people, tell them any Jew or any convert is going to bring a sacrifice, all his oaths, all his donations, he's going to bring to Hashem his will, which will be whole, male, bakar, cattle, sheep, of Israel. So from that, then he says, Speak to Adam the sons, things he can offer to Hashem. For a burnt offering, we learn, everything, everything that a person donates, all your donations, ends up where? As a burnt offering. Right. That's what it says in the Pasuk. I would think even birds, you should offer them as a burnt offering. It's only by animals. We're talking about not what kind of bird offerings are we talking about? Well, not birds, but animals. So all your donations, the the wine, the oil, all of that has to be bur- used as is used to purchase bird offerings. You might tell the story that we have a yasun that was sitting and they asked Tamon. Um, Rabbi Echnan, Rabbi Echnan said, time with the Rabbi Shimon, the reason for Rabbi Shimon came to Kava. Remember he said, what's the reason Rabbi Shimon holds? That in the case of the animal, if you dedicated, designated the female to a burnt offering that is holy, because we find the burnt offering by birds. And here we learn from a Pasuk that you can't bring a burnt offering, a donation of birds. You know what? Actually, this piece we'll leave for tomorrow. It starts a whole new piece. Yeah. Everyone have a wonderful yeah. day. Good Shabbos. 